Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Cod Swallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking cod swallow. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Cod Swallow podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Cod Swallow, right here, man. This week's Talking Cod Swallop. I am Gemma. I'm still James. Yay! Still James. <laughs> I'm still Gemma. <laughs> and this week, I'm just going to break straight into it, but if my audio sounds a little bit funny, it's because I'm not using a microphone at the moment. The reason for that is because every time I plugged it in, James sounded a bit like he was chewing a wasp that hadn't died. Um, he was still buzzing around in his mouth. And when we weren't recording, I sounded like a man. So <laughs> if I can get some clips of that, I will put it in here. If I haven't put it in here, then you can't hear it. <laughs> yeah. So Gemma was going all Barry White on us. Yes, I was. I wasn't sure really what was going on at all so that's two weeks in a row now that my mic has let me down a little bit so bad microphone bad microphone (laughs) james how have you been this week not too bad uh not too bad so far a couple of weird snafus that uh will form part of my cod wallop but yeah not too bad not too bad at all the weather's been good being english (laughs) we'll discuss the weather um Or you will. <laughs> I will. Yeah, quintessential Englishman. Uh, yeah, weather's good today. Lovely and sunny. Been very hot. I braved the town centre today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shops reopening, but it was generally reasonably good. Uh, so yeah, no, no, no major snafus there. And how are you doing, Gemma? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad today, thank you. Weather's also nice here. I saw a video of the queue for Primark, which was literally all the way around the side of the building and some. Yeah. So that was a bit nuts. And that's outside. So there was mm. still an inside bit that they had to queue in as well, because it's like a shopping centre type thing. I don't know anybody that needs Primark that much. Sorry. Well, on some of the queuing, I gather it's alleged that, you know, huge reductions on things, as you would expect, so I have a lot of backlog of stuff. But mm. also I think for some stores, they're offering some money <laughs> off for NHS workers, but they can't all be NHS workers, the people we see queuing. And I do find it slightly mad that you would queue for hours on end, considering we're still in a pandemic. Uh, yes, <laughs> to get into exactly. a shop. But you know, what do we know? We don't, you know, whatever is in that shop, we don't need it. But by God, somebody <laughs> else really feels they need it. I'm sorry, but I'm just gonna like type into the internet and order online. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a safer bet. I mean, I had to go to the bank and things, so it's not something I could do so easily. But to be fair, the only 
shops I went in were reasonably quiet, but I think there'll be a lot of people who will probably wait and hold off shopping. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, it's, it's mad. Yeah, it's mad. It really is. It is. It's almost like people have forgotten what's happened, isn't it? Well, I get the economy's going to be buggered, so people do need to stimulate the economy, but you know, it just shows how well it shows. So you know how crazy people are when it comes to shopping, and how everybody falls before the might of, uh, <laughs> you know, businesses that have monopolies on things. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I won't be rushing out to uh, to JD Sports or whatever. No, no, not at all. But I am happy to report that me and Chris have had a McDonald's, but we ordered it again. We ordered it online and had it delivered. <laughs> really? I didn't know you could do that. It's been that long since yeah. I've been to McDonald's. <laughs> I took a photo of the feast that we had. Literally, there was so much food on one plate. <laughs> yeah, because as I understand it, don't you have to buy a specific amount from them no. for the order or something now? Some of them, there are like caps. So you have yeah. to spend like ten pound or whatever, but it wasn't the case for this. It was just we were being pigs. But then Chris, <laughs> <laughs> but then Chris fell asleep at around uh, seven o'clock last night, so I think he might have been into a food coma or something. <laughs> well, I'm just impressed you could get it ordered. So yeah, I'll send you the picture. Don't you worry. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay, so. Basically, with regards to this episode, we are going to do our load of cods wallop, but this isn't a normal episode for us because we're actually doing a Father's Day edition, which you may have seen on our social media pages because I, I pretty much posted it everywhere. It's to, you know, send in lovely messages, which we have had quite a few. So that's that's really nice. And um, it's also for me as well. It's kind of healing thing as well because as many of you know my dad passed away about 10 years ago and still there's certain dates that really really upset me so father's day being one of them and i thought to myself instead of just purely using it as a cod swallop which it will be later <laughs> um we're gonna celebrate our dads and we're gonna you know like it's obviously father's day in britain but you know still the international listeners can also enjoy it as well so and and that's what we we thought really wasn't it we're just going to share some stories and stuff <laughs> don't worry chris. background music yeah background music <laughs> don't worry chris um yeah chris is here so uh yeah he's he's just go i think he's going into the loo to have a conversation with whoever the person is on the phone now <laughs> <laughs> bless him so so yeah let's get into uh what a load of cods wallets first because we have got a couple of listener what a load of cods wallets which i i need to stay, stop saying what a load of cods wallets as well i'm noticing right now but um we do have some listener ones as well which they sent in for last week's episode but i failed to check the interwebs to actually find out if they actually sent anything in. So they are being included this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, did you want to go first, or should we use the listeners first? I think we use the listeners first. I'm okay. interested to see what they've uh, they brought to us. Okay, no problem. Right, okay, so it's going to be me reading. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I say that every week, and then I edit it perfect, so you guys, only James knows how badly I read. <laughs> I should really say thank you every week because you really do just sit there and just let me read <laughs> and you still manage to keep up with what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Yeah. 
Okay, so Twitter handle at me versus sanity 311. <laughs> this is actually Joe from a podcast that I used to listen to because unfortunately this podcast is no longer. You know, there's still the back catalogue out there. So it's called Dear Diary Podcast. So it's at Dear Diary on Twitter. It's a really funny podcast and they're all kind of New Jersey, New Yorkers kind of thing. So they've always got that lovely accent as well. But very comical. So if anyone's looking for something else to listen to, go and check out their back catalogue. So there you go. Little plug. Like I said, unfortunately, it's no longer at the moment, but we'll have to see. Hopefully in the pipelines of something will happen. OK, so here's Codswallop is. So last night I get into my car to go to work. I get ready, put the car into drive, but then start looking for my glasses. They aren't there. So I get out of my car and run into my house. When I get to the side door, there's a loud bang from the street sign next to my house. But I think nothing of it and go inside. <laughs> and when I find my sunglasses and I go back to the car, I noticed that the car is about six feet from where I thought I'd left it. It turns out I left the car in drive when I got out to get my sunglasses. P.S. Sunglasses are for the ride home in the morning. That's one. Now two. (laughs) Now I'm at work. I go to put the work computer in its locker. And while I have it plugged in and booting up, I take my cell phone out of my pocket and proceed to drop it, cracking the screen. (laughs) I've cracked one, (laughs) which is actually a funny term in England. There you go. Mm. (laughs) I've cracked one screen in my whole life before this. I am beyond pissed off. Because I baby my phones. Oh, I I baby my phones. So he looks after his phones. So needless to say, I had a really shitty night and it's time for bed. Have a good show. (laughs) I hate to tell you this, though. It all happens in threes. So there's still something pending out there. (laughs) To be fair, I've. I can recount two instances with regard to cars rolling that have happened to me. One that happened is with my mother's car and that rolled into my father's car. But thankfully, the damage was minimal. But I do remember the time when I was uh, in one of my previous jobs. Uh, We parked up the pool car, Mm -hmm. gone off to a property, me and one of uh, my colleagues. And as we were walking towards the property, we could hear this noise and we thought what the hell's that it sounds like something rolling across gravel and it was the car rolling backwards oh no pool car but here's the scariest thing so we ran to well i looked at it was like in shock my colleague and my friend as well steve looked at me he was like he said the look of panic in my face but we ran to the car and the handbrake was definitely on ah so a very faulty handbrake yeah i was gonna say sometimes with the handbrake though if you haven't clicked it right up Sometimes mm. it can uh, it can still move, can't it? But yeah, it's it's scary when those kind of things happen. But also those are kind of clips for uh, you being framed as well, aren't yeah. they? And um, sorry, an American equivalent. I'm not sure what they have, but it's uh, funniest home home videos yes. kind of thing. Something um, like that. Yeah, American yeah. funniest home movies. Yeah, I think that's something along those lines as to what it is. So, so it's a shame, but Joe, you could have made $250 if you'd have recorded that whole incident. But alas, you didn't, and now you've probably got a bit of a dent on your car. 
<laughs> so, obviously not laughing at your dent on the car, or am I? <laughs> laughing with you, not at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a good sense of humour. He listens to the show, so he must have a good sense of humour. That were a really sick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's face it, it has to be a mixture of the two, really, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I bring the sick. <laughs> well you do sometimes <laughs> don't want to take all the credit <laughs> right okay so the next one is from tim dawson at tim dawson 87 on twitter and tim is also the guy who actually popped our cod's wallop cherry as well if you remember mm. they even his twitter handle says that too so even better <laughs> i'm buying a new house not really a bad thing but the amount of fees and checks is starting to get on my tits. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it's the choice of words with the tits that, that really made mm. me giggle. But yeah, it is an expensive thing, isn't it? With regards it's to a pain, that. but yeah. it happens. Yeah. But hopefully Tim, you will be sorted soon and you'll be able to move into your lovely new house and get all settled and get all your your toys out and your your collectibles and all that. Because I know he does a lot of collecting, so uh hopefully you'll have a room for that. That'll be that'll mm-hmm. be good to have a little man cave. Um if you haven't got that then I'm sorry Tim. Sorry, you yeah. should have planned better. <laughs> yeah, we're not rubbing it in, but you know, man cave required. Yeah, or in my case, girly cave. <laughs> I definitely need a cave for all my special little toys and collectibles. Okay, so our final one, final cod swallop, is at Pups and Pop Culture Podcast. My neighbour has a new pup, and they are letting it bark and scream and whine every time it's let out in the yard. I'm not annoyed at the dog, but the neighbours who are creating bad habits for it already at a young age. And then it's a really angry emoji. (laughs) And also making others dislike it too. So, yeah, there is nothing worse than hearing a dog barking and howling. and uh, All day, yeah. Yeah, and, well, even if it's not all day, but even if it's just for an hour or so, but it can really grate on you as well if it's like a quiet area, like sound echoes, doesn't it? So I know it does where I live, but we Yeah, also... it can get very annoying. Yeah. Um, James, did you want to go next with your codswallops? Yeah, yeah, my codswallop is wasps. Because, yet again, I found out I've got a wasp nest in the property and i hate wasps with a passion Me so too. if i'm not here for next week's talking codswallop the chances are i'm dead because i've fallen off a ladder okay so. well please don't <laughs> yeah. the listeners need you yes that's <laughs> true tabbles. sorry uh, salty tabbles. <laughs> yes salty tadpoles that's why i'll be uh, going high up high up the uh the house to to uh put in the uh stuff that kills them but i'm hoping i can get some assistance from one of my neighbors but yeah i hate wasps they're evil little bastards they don't serve any yeah. real purpose they just create aggro and build nests Ugh. they are they're absolutely evil and it's like at least with bees like mm. they don't really tend to sting you because they know that if they sting you they're going to die yeah so i've always liked bees you know the little honeybee you know guess okay they vomit into the uh vomit the honey <laughs> i don't they've know if you've got to do that. what they've got to do yeah. yeah exactly that's how they make the honey they all vomit into each other's mouths and then when the last one's full it just goes <laughs> and that's true <laughs> yeah. yeah but like wasps and hornets and all those kind of things oh no 
they can all do one. Yeah, the problem is that with wasps, I never had a major problem with them until I had to do with a huge wasp nest in my loft, uh, loft several years ago. So I do yeah. not want to repeat that, basically. No, I think that's fair enough. Nip it in the bub before it mm-hmm. gets to that point. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so have you got any other codswallops or is that it? No, I think that's, that's I mean, it. that's a good one. <laughs> that's a pretty good one, yeah. You see little bastards flying in when you sat in the garden sunbathing. But anyway, it is what it is. I will get yeah. it dealt with somehow. Well, uh, I guess you've got like a hole there or something that you need to just like fill in or something. No, they go, they're going into an air brick. So, uh, yeah, you know, one of the vents like you get on the side of the house. So I can't really hold yeah. that up. I've just got to, you spray, you put a powder in and because they're flying in, the problem you have is you've got to get the powder on. Little swines get very agitated. Really, yeah. it goes, I've done it before because I had them going into a light thing somewhere last year. Everyone where I live will get them at some point uh, every year, sometimes more than once, because I know somebody down the road that had them in their shed. But when they're going into like an air brick, you just spray this powder, they go ballistic, and then you've got to leave it, and it'll, it kills them after about a day or two, because yeah. you bring it all into the nest and everything just dies, because it's so high up, it's right at the top of the house under the guttering. I've got to be careful. Yeah, definitely be careful when you're doing it, Yeah, and have somebody assist you as well. I mean, the yeah. gardener's there, isn't he? So He's not there right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask Jeeves to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll send Jeeves up, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a bit of his remit, but yeah, I'll get my man <laughs> to help me. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a go on the glory hole. Maybe that's what the bees are trying to get to. You know, maybe uh, they're trying wasps, to have a bit of fun. Wasps, yeah. Sorry, wasps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking honey. <laughs> Glory hell. Yeah. A honey trap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But I'm sorry you have to deal with that, but I hope it does get resolved very quickly. So. Well, I'll brave the loft at some point and see if there's anything in there, but it'll be dealt with. It is what yeah, it is. You'll deal with it. <laughs> Joys of home ownership. Yep, exactly. Which is why I plan to rent for a little while so that I can mm. get other people to do the jo- jobs. Another <laughs> poor bastard could deal with it. Well, what you pay for though, isn't it? True, true. Yep. Uh, so, so we'll move on to my cod swallops this week. So, what have you got? I have. I've got two again. Ooh. There is, as I've mentioned before, it's a bit of a horrible area. You know, it's more at nighttime it turns into a horrible area rather than in daytime. Daytime it's quite nice because a lot of nice people walk up and down. But, yeah, so basically there was uh, somebody who decided to put a bag full of rubbish, dirty underwear and God knows what else because I didn't look on the side of the pavement. And then throughout the night it either got seagulls sort of swooping in and sort of taking bits out and it all went all over the place or it was really windy last night and it's literally covering the pavement so people have to walk through it it's it's absolutely disgusting there's no need for it people could just pick up their take their rubbish with them and take it to a bin and it is it just it makes the road look really really awful you know and Mm. it's it's not an awful road but there's also just earlier as well, there was, um, you know, some drunks walking past and they decided to put down their bottle of white lightning. I think it is. Uh, I can't see exactly what it is, but I imagine it's that kind of thing because it's cheap and nasty. They literally put it down in front of a woman's tire on the car. And it's like, I think it's plastic, but it's not the point. Yeah. It's still no, going to do damage. Again, we've got two massive bins 
why not just you know lean over the wall and just stick it into one of the bins you know it's just it's so disrespectful of the area you know and it's not mm. necessarily just just pick up your own shit basically yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah fly tippers are very annoying yeah well, it's, very inconsiderate yeah i mean they are fly tippers in a way i always think of fly tippers as like furniture and things like that but yeah it's it was just like gone off milk. Oh, it was it was awful. So it was to the point that I parked next to it and Chris said, oh, do you want to just park somewhere else? Because you don't want to be next to this. So I moved away from it. But yeah, some somehow the poor bastards out there now park next to it. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's absolutely gross. There's no need for it. Just like I said, pick up your own shit. Hmm. <laughs> so hopefully if you report it to the council or something they'll take it away so yeah i don't know i think there may have been a couple of people that may have done that kind of thing so i'm not sure i'll i'll see how it goes over the next couple of days and then if needs be i might just do that and uh get it sorted or it will blow all over the street (laughs) who knows (laughs) oh dear yeah i'm laughing but not really laughing i'm laughing in disbelief of the fact how people can be yeah (laughs) yeah um very true yeah yeah exactly and my other cod swallop is kind of gonna then lead us on to our topic which you guys know about because i've already told you it's the father's day adverts there's nothing worse than being a child of a or, or a parent who's lost a child but you know a child who's lost her dad and every second advert is reminding you that it's father's day coming up and it is it's one of those things that i'm sure james you find it with mother's days as well hmm. um is that all right that i said that then james yeah yeah, yeah okay fine. yeah sorry i i just thought because i don't think we've really covered the fact your mum's passed away but um i'll take it out if you want me to then oh uh, it's okay but it's not just because we don't really have tv in the flat so we watch more like netflix and amazon mm-hmm. prime and whatnot well we should be again d- watching disney plus but uh <laughs> in that way it's not too bad obviously when i go home at the weekends it's constantly on the tv the adverts are there and there's been times when in the past that i've literally just screamed at the tv you know fuck off i don't want to know about it you know kind of thing but also it's kind of the endless emails that you get as well from people that you've brought stuff from. Say I've brought something from Superdrug, for example, and then they'll send me an email. Don't forget, it's Father's Day. Don't forget this. Don't forget that. And it's like, oh, you just can't get away from it. It's like one of those things where, you know, it's coming up and it's hard enough. Hmm. You don't need things like that to remind you of the things that are hard enough anyway, if you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so so that was my COS wallet. But then I thought to myself, instead of using it as a COS wallet, I'm going to spin it around on its head this year and actually do something positive with it. So which is hence why I've sent, uh, sent James a message, didn't I, saying we should record an episode that celebrates dance. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head, though, when you talk about the advert thing. It's the same thing with, what's well, it's Christmas, Mother Day, Easter, whatever. Mm. It becomes so pushed to become this big commercial thing that, you know, just becomes this giant money-making juggernaut. Yeah, exactly. And it's just not fair. And uh, apparently somebody, you know, I've had a few lovely messages from people saying about the, you know, saying about it and everything. And it's, you know, very kind of people. And apparently there is a way that you can 
opt out of like the emails you can like click a button saying that this is you know this is kind of just distressing for me or Mm -hmm. whatever you know but i'm so sorry I i can't remember who actually recommended that like i said it is one of those things that you just got to get on with yeah but it's not great if it's being shoved down your face every two minutes. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. But it will be the 21st soon, and I won't have to worry about it for much longer. So. True. <laughs> Yay. Very true. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that is what, that's a positive way of looking at it. Well, um, you know, I do try, because like I said, it's been 10 years, and most things don't affect me too much anymore, but there are certain things that do affect me. You know, I'm sure they'll come out as we chat a little bit later, so. We've had a couple from our listeners in written form, and mm-hmm. we've also had a few from our listeners that I keep saying listeners. You're gonna to have to forgive me today, sorry. Uh, <laughs> salty tab polls that are audio as well, so we can slip a couple of those in here. This is Jay from an absolute nobody. Sorry about the audio. I'm in my car. I have 30 seconds. 30 seconds is not long enough to talk about my dad. I'll need all day and some of the next day. My dad is deep into his 70s and still works full time. He's the hardest working SOB I've ever seen. He instilled that quality in me. While always working to provide for a family of five, he still had time to play with me. His work ethic, sense of responsibility, and integrity have been passed down. And as a new father myself will be passed on again to my beautiful daughter. It's my first Father's Day. I see now that being a dad is a tough business, but I have the work ethic, and the job pays extremely well. Dad, thanks for teaching me how to do this job. Happy Father's Day, Pop. I love you. Hey, everybody. This is Melissa from the Brook Reading Podcast. I just wanted to wish all of the fathers out there an amazing, wonderful, blessed, happy Father's Day. And to my own dad, thank you so much for everything. You are the strongest, bravest, and most caring person I know. And I could only wish to be half as amazing as you are. Uh, Thank you so much for everything you've always done for us. And I love you very, very much. I hope everybody has a wonderful day to all of the dads out there. Take care. Was your dad going to record anything, or did he not feel comfortable? He was. He wasn't able to record anything, but I, I chatted to him about some stuff. Okay. Uh, and it was him just telling me an interesting early childhood memory from his. They involved his dad, my grandfather, which was that you remember when he was very young, yeah. his father taking him on his bike and cycling him to school. Yeah. He must have been very, very young at the time, probably like four or five, but sitting on, I don't know, part of the bike or the handlebars or something, uh, my grandfather cycling him into school. It was only just a, uh-huh. a small little thing, but when you mentioned it, they were discussing Father's Day stuff, it popped back into my, into my head as something that I thought was a, a nice little story you told me. Yeah, that is lovely, isn't it? It's so nice as well, and it's such a kind of from a simple time as well, where mm-hmm. a, a bike, a stick and a hoop was all that <laughs> needed to entertain a child, you know. <laughs> None of these computer games and, you know, electronic toys or whatever. <laughs> Just such a simple time. But they probably have more fun in some ways. Mm. 
Well, it's just an interesting little thing for me because like, I have no real memory. Well, my, my grandfather, my father's father, I was very young when he died, and it was the same thing when uh, my mother's father died, uh, that I was too young. So I never really had you know grandfathers. I never really knew them. So it's just interesting little stories you could hear. And like yeah. on... My mother's side, my uncle's telling me the story of how my grandfather on my mother's side at one stage had a, an old Jaguar that he'd somehow oh, yeah. got a, a very low price. But it was we're talking like a really old sort of impressive Jaguar that now the chassis alone sells for like hundreds of thousands of pounds. and I It bet, goes for yeah. silly money. And I mean, this is from years and years ago. I think when he sort of first met my grandmother. So, yeah, but interesting, uh, interesting stuff, just little stories you hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's nice as well, isn't it? Because you kind of get to know the the grandparents. Because mm-hmm. you know, on my mum's side, my granddad on my mum's side, should I say, uh, died when she was sixteen. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I never met her. I met, I'm sorry, I met my mum. I never met my yeah. uh, my granddad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And because um, my mum didn't have me at sixteen, <laughs> it's quite nice hearing stories that she sort of tells about him but unfortunately hers are kind of surrounded by a lot of a lot of sadness as well because she yeah, I don't know I don't know I feel bad getting into the sadness because I know that this is a comedy podcast but I also know that we're doing a real feels kind of episode so yeah, gotta yeah. keep it real yeah exactly but yes yeah, he basically had a heart attack and she kind of unfortunately found him on mm. the doorstep and you know so a lot of her memories are kind of surrounded by that experience really and as you can imagine really it's Mm. clouded everything but yeah she did you know she had a really fun childhood and everything so you know up until that point but he then unfortunately had to go off into the war as well Mm -hmm. you know again so yes i never met him i on my dad's side i did meet my granddad but again he died probably when i was about 12 i think i was and because he lived in North Wales, I didn't overly know him very well. But I do remember because they used to have German shepherds, and I ah, remember, nice, yeah, yeah, I remember going up to North Wales, obviously with my mum and dad. I didn't go on my own, <laughs> and I was only little. Um, you wouldn't to look at the pictures. You probably think I was probably about eight or nine, but I think I was only probably about five because I was always tall. Right. And yeah, and I remember that like. My granddad put me on the back of one of the German shepherds and I was riding it like a horse, you know, (laughs) and that also he had like a little vegetable patch as well. So I used to like when I was there, I used to help him with the uh, digging and uh, whatnot, you know, picking the veg and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, you know, it's quite nice memories that I've got with him. Good stuff. Yeah, it's not many memories, unfortunately, like I said, but that's what happens when family lives further away, isn't it? So, but yeah, I was like, with regards to my dad, he was Mm -hmm. a really good man as well. And, you know, he was, he was in the Navy from the age of 16 and the stories. Yeah, I know. Because basically he went to the Navy to, well, his brother, um, my uncle David, wanted to join the Navy and my dad said he'd go along and show some support. Okay. My uncle David didn't get in, but my dad did. So. And was this merchant or royal? I think Maybe. it was merchant. The reason I ask is simply because there was a guy I met 
who uh, was a local councillor, absolutely lovely man. Oh. But he was in the Navy, and whenever you'd say to him, the Navy, he'd say, the Royal Navy, he was very... <laughs> uh, okay. I loved him to bits, but he was very precise. Yeah. Royal Navy officer. I'm pretty certain he was merchant, but I'm not 100% sure, because my dad kind of kept himself to himself a little bit. He's quite a private man, but at the same time, well, the funniest thing was is that when he was drunk, all the stories would come out when he was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like so it's almost like every weekend you try and get him drunk to find out a little bit more <laughs> so yeah he was in the navy until he was well until i was born so i think he was about 33 when i was born mm-hmm. and he used to tell stories as well that he used to uh they had him and a couple of friends used to have a flat mm. where it was a ground floor flat but nobody would ever use the door people would just climb in through the window. <laughs> the only problem with that is they'd never know if, be, if someone was watching the flat, they'd never know if it was a burglar or not. No, but I suppose if they're up and they know the person who's climbing through the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the 70s, so, you know, it was like things like drink driving in those days was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, well, just do it, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, he did all that kind of thing as well. But, and you know, not to the extent that he was completely wasted but you're probably not far off <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> oh dear so yeah i mean i've got loads of stories but you can like interject with yours at the same time and then um because <laughs> otherwise yeah. i'm so gonna I'm just, just talk a flashback a flashback to some to the clams with the window this mental image i've got <laughs> popping <laughs> into my head yeah when it comes to my dad it's uh it's interesting stuff and i was you know taunt about things he's a uh the interesting thing and i love the guy to bits and he's always been wonderfully supportive of me but the thing that leaves me in awe of my father is the fact just his level of intelligence yeah uh, and i don't just say he's my dad i i recognize it with him as a person he's one of these people that he's this sounds really strange to say but he's annoyingly intelligent you know yeah. annoyingly intelligent he's and never invariably, wrong about anything. <laughs> well he's to be fair he's generally right when he says something's going to happen but he's one of these people who knows an awful lot and you know when you're around him that he's a smart person a lot of my friends have said that who met him said yeah. you could tell he's a very intelligent knowledgeable man and it's interesting because i did i was thinking about this earlier today if he wasn't my father would i like him <laughs> I don't know because I mean I love him and he's my dad, but I wonder if some of these people that I'd find he's uh, intelligent a bit annoying, which I guess I kind of do. You understand what I mean? He's one of these yeah, people. He's, yeah. a good, he's, a, he's one. Of the, he's what you call a good all rounder. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be a tad annoying, but he's not like he's just a good all rounder. He's a really good all rounder. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's a whole bugger off it's like the kind of person that would come up to you in a pub and you'd be like no mate just go yeah. over there <laughs> you know too much just you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think the word is that's it the word i'm looking for to describe my dad is fiercely intelligent there we go okay that sounds better yeah, fiercely intelligent. <laughs> and annoyingly. <laughs> no, it, 
Yeah. We might have to, I might have to get you to edit that, but no. <laughs> no. Uh, he, no, he is. He's fiercely intelligent. He's a very intelligent man, but he's also a very, very kind man. Very, very kind man. So, yeah, those are two big things that stick out with Dad. Yeah, well, he, sound, he sounds lovely. Every time you've, like, spoken about him or whatever, and I, you know, like, I've briefly heard him in the background of the... Um, the episode oh Neil Innes yeah well, yes thank met, you yeah we Neil <laughs> yeah and I couldn't tell the difference between you or your dad yeah. <laughs> you sound exactly got the same, same voice yeah <laughs> it's true people ring up when I was living at my parents house when sometimes we would get calls in they could never work out whether it was me or him so yeah and the only time that it really really hit me how much he sounded like me. And this sounds like I'm being a real show-off, but, you know, screw it, I am. Uh, Going to sound a bit of a show-off with this. My dad was on Radio 4, but interviewed about something. And oh, okay. I turned it on to listen to it, and it re- it's one of these moments where you sort of stop. Because I was like, oh, my God, he really does. We really, really do sound like each other. <laughs> uh, I'd have picked up the phone and said, everybody, I'm on Radio 4 right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my interview on Radio 4. <laughs> People are going, you don't do that as a job. Who is this? <laughs> but no, I know what you mean, because quite often, like when I'm home, if I pick up the phone, everyone thinks instantly that I'm my mum. But then also, that's probably the case because she's the one who majority of the time picks up the phone, because where I deal with phones all the time, I can't be asked to pick them up. So, you know, I have to for work. When I get home, I don't really want to. So Press nine for an outside line. Yeah. Hold, please. Hold one. (laughs) Bear with me. Grr. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I do get a lot of people thinking that I'm her rather than being me. But, yeah, sometimes if they're really listening at the beginning, though, we do have a different way of answering. So Mm -hmm. I usually go, what the fuck do you want? And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you like you like a more more foul mouth version of Ginny Melnitz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about mums. We're talking about daddies. True, true. <laughs> yeah, so You've gone slightly off the reservation. Yeah, one memory that just popped into my brain was when we went to. There's a local woods called Thorncombe Woods, mm-hmm. and Thomas Hardy's cottage is there. So Thomas Hardy, the writer. Yeah, so it's a lovely, lovely cottage. I've only been in the garden and seen the the actual cottage itself on the outside. You have to pay to get in, so, you know, it's never really been that kind of thing that we've done. So maybe one day, who knows? Mm. But uh, I think it's not expensive. It's only a fiver. But anyway, it's irrelevant because we're not talking about Thomas Hardy. (laughs) But in these woods, they'd have loads of, like, you know those big sticks with, like, the you know, to put fires out with, basically. It's like a big stick with, like, a plastic top. Uh, beaters, the gold. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a beater type thing. Yeah. But, yeah, so we were walking through, you know, like I was listening to what he had to say, and he's like, oh, over there's an oak tree, over there's a willow, or whatever it was. And he goes, over there, that's a that's a plastic tree, that is. <laughs> and I, I was so stupid that I believed it, but I was only young as well. But um, I believed... The, you know the fact that it was these um plastic trees you know? <laughs> but i think by the time like my mum stopped laughing i'd realized that it wasn't really a plastic tree at all but 
yeah, it's one of those things. But he's also tricked me quite a few other times as well because he's <laughs> he was a he was a real joker. This man, mm. <laughs> he. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I definitely have got his dry sense of humour from him. I mean, I've got my mum's sense of humour as well, but yeah, his sense of humour is probably more what I've got. But he used to do. I've I've told this story on the podcast previously. I know I have, but he, when I was let's say eight eight years old, he would go to the bar and he would order what he called a Welsh shandy, which is not easy to say with a lisp. <laughs> so. So basically, that was half lemonade and half Coke, but it would look like a, an actual alcoholic drink. <laughs> and he would give me them, like, when, when I was a kid. And he'd say, mm. sure to drink that slowly. You know, you've got to be careful. You know, I'm trusting you to have an alcoholic drink or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so basically, up until the age of 18, I still believe that <laughs> Welsh, Welsh oh. Andy existed. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I mean, that's that's very foolish on my behalf, but it is, you know, it was funny. The thing was, is that he told he told stories with the straightest of faces, you know, but you could tell if you really looked at his eyes, you could tell he was fibbing because he had like a twinkle in his eye. Otherwise, if you weren't really paying attention to him, it was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, old man. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Well, firstly, it's not been entirely wrong. It's not like an entirely fake drink because he can buy that as a real drink in Germany. Mm. So he's not completely conned you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe that's where he picked it up then in his Navy days. Possible. Certainly possible. Although I like to think he invented it. I think actually I'm going to stick with that. He invented it. He brought it to our shores. Yes, he did. All the way from body or wheels. <laughs> what else? God. And it's like in the Navy days as well that he he was in charge of flagging down uh, planes and uh, also with like fireman's hose and stuff like that as well. You know, he was putting fires out. He, mm. he did all sorts, really. It was just insane. But one story that my mum told me, which was the... Actually, it was my last birthday before he passed away. Mm-hmm. We were around the table having dinner in a restaurant. <laughs> so my mum's got perfect timing with things. And uh, my mum goes to my dad, tell Gemma about the time whether you pulled a lady boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> First, I would say, what the hell sort of story is that? But I'm intrigued. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually hear the story, but it was just the way that my mum told it. I think, you know, so basically he went to Thailand and, you know, accident made an accident really and instantly regretted it as well. <laughs> accident in speak in quotation marks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well let's hope it was an accident. <laughs> you know, maybe it was experimental. <laughs> What's the joke Marty made on Fraser? I used to be behind the stand, you get lonely. <laughs> Yeah, everyone needs a cuddle. <laughs> it was interesting when he talked about drinks. I remember my father making me uh, like floats, you know, that you make with like, uh, say, a Coca-Cola or a lemonade or whatever and uh, uh, an ice cream when I was very young. But I remember I remember that. And I remember I was thinking one very early memory I have is when I think we were in Hamburg. It was in Germany anyway. We'd gone as like a... A family went holiday. I remember him giving me soup. And invariably, 
at the time gave me somewhat of a shock because I think it was a bit too hot for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> threw, me, threw me off slightly. But no, it wasn't Hamburg. We were in Germany, but it may come to me later on from, from where it was. But I remember a lot of early memories of my, me, my dad uh, being on holiday with me and mum and taking us to various, you know, going to various different places and uh, being in Spain and Portugal and places. And I remember as we were in Portugal, we were picking up all bits of um, fossils and things from the beach because you could get, you know, fossilized crustaceans and various different, you know, things from the sea that were in like the, the, the actual mountain. You could pick them out and somewhere in the house still, probably in the loft. I've got those in, in a box of some sort. So, yeah, that's quite a, an early childhood memory I have. Oh, that sounds really lovely as well. It, you know, because obviously you spent a long time in Germany as well, didn't you? So, mm, yeah, yeah that's, that's really nice. It's just so nice to have the memories, isn't it? It's like, I think that's what's really sad about, like, when people get dementia and things like that, and they, yeah. they unfortunately forget all of their memories. Pictures can only hold so much. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking, well, I don't want to bring it down to a sad thing, but, you know, there is a couple know. of sad bits. But No, it's okay. I was, yeah, I was going to say, well... With regards to, you know, how my dad passed away, unfortunately he died of cancer. Hmm. And the hardest part was is that he'd actually got to the point where it was six years and he was just about to get the all clear, that he didn't have to have treatment or anything again. And unfortunately, the tiniest bit of cancer came back, but then it Hmm. spread throughout him like wildfire, basically. But also he had kidney problems as well. So that's kind of, we think that he probably died of the kidney problem more than the cancer but either way you know it it was going to be one or the other so which you know is quite sad but yeah I just I remember the day when the doctor came round to tell us and it, it was a doctor that we didn't like as well which was even harder and yeah I just remember my face completely you know completely being in bits when I found out so it's it was just not fair because he'd he'd done all the right things he'd given up smoking he'd unfortunately had his I think it's yeah it was his bladder removed because that was where it was initially his bladder cancer but yeah it was it was just you know he dealt with all this stuff just only to you know I mean as sad as I am that that happened the way that I look at it now is that at least I got six more years with him that we weren't supposed to have with him because it was was supposed to be really bad the first time so Mm. There is that, but yeah, it's kind of, unfortunately, the day that he died, I did actually walk into the room and I saw him laying on the bed mm. and, you know, he just, he just, he kind of looked like he was asleep, but I knew he wasn't, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it was, it's kind of one of those memories that I've really struggled to sort of get rid of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, these things just come to test you, don't they? But yeah, that, that's one way of looking at it. But I can understand where you're coming from, and it's you've got to try and look at the the positives. Yeah, the positive, and, that, and you've said that you've looked at the positive things that you got to spend time with him that you know yeah. you didn't expect to be able to spend with him, which is it's a nice thing to, yeah. to have had that. Yeah, absolutely. And even up until the last days ish, you know, or the last weeks, shall I say? Because the last couple of days he just that there wasn't really anything left of him then at that point if you know what I mean sort of like say a couple of weeks beforehand he was giving my brother a hug and he said oh squeeze a bit harder and then he, he farted and he went that's for you son <laughs> <laughs> 
and like that's my brother's favorite memory of you know of that 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 happened you know <laughs> glad he didn't do it to me because it wouldn't have been fun to me <laughs> it wouldn't have gone down as well with you yeah no <laughs> not you dirty bastard <laughs> but yeah it's i don't know it's just it's all part of the memories isn't it and you know there was a couple of wishes that i had which i <clears> wished that i'd got my money sorted out before he'd passed away but i am sorted with my money now so that's again it's a positive and how i see it he's kind of floating around you know sort of like keeping his eye on me he's got little wings he's got a bold head because he had a bold head and he's got like a little halo you know but also he could be downstairs as well you never know (laughs) i should hope not let's really really hope not (laughs) well he's a bit devilish so um but yeah i i kind of think that he you know he kind of guides me through things and you know keeps a watchful eye on me that's how i kind of choose to cope with it so i think the biggest thing that i had to deal with was the fact that he wasn't going to walk me down the aisle and that really took some time to get over it it's like still it kind of checks me up if it's if it's the wrong kind of day it checks me up you know but it's it's not so bad now because I can then just turn around to, you know, I've sort of thought to myself, well, if it comes to that, then I can maybe have my brother and my mum do it instead. I don't know. It's just one of those things that kind of does make you feel a bit sad, you know, that that person's going to miss it, but, or I'm going to miss that person seeing it, shall I say. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's go into that. I'm started laughing again because my my nervousness is coming through now because I'm being real. But it's like, yeah, it's just things that you just have to deal with, isn't it? One thing that when you talk about being real, I was thinking and I will always think of with my dad is that it still astounds me that he managed to deal with the loss of his own mother. Mm. And then only a few months later, the loss of his wife, you know, my mum. Oh, was that really how close it was? Yeah, yeah, we're talking, what, two months? He went through all the pain, and yes, he mourned as, you know, as I did, as he did. But how he kept, uh, still, I'm in awe of the fact that he managed to do, to handle it all, to deal with it all, to prepare things, you know, for, for like my mother's funeral. And he had to step back a little bit on his own mother's funeral, but he still delivered the eulogy for, for my grandmother. Uh, you know, he, got, he was involved in that. Just the fact that he had the resilience and the fortitude to do all this, uh, still leaves me in awe of him on the fact that he managed to do it, you know, and it's, you know, something that a lot, a lot of people would not be able to do. And I'm just very impressed that he was able to do that. And it absolutely astounds me to this yeah. day still. He's a very stoic man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. But sometimes it does help to have something to do is when mm. it goes quiet that it's kind of like everything stops and then you go oh my god what's happened you know but yeah i didn't i didn't realize that that it was so close that is that's yeah, it awful. Was, yeah it was a two-month window uh once sort of everything happened both sides but on a positive note let's run with the positive because we've done a yeah done a few if we let's not be so maudlin but we kept it real <laughs> We did. Say. Yeah. Uh, and a very positive memory of my dad that I stick with is when he retired, he was uh, lucky enough to, to receive the OBE. Oh, uh, wow. And we, as a family, so it was me, my mum and my grandma, went to Buckingham Palace. One very funny memory we have is that Japanese tourists kept wanting to take pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he was highly amused by and was uh, happy to have his picture taken. So yeah, that, and that's a very good, a very very nice memory we have, and we have uh, videos and pictures from that day. That was a really nice thing to be part of. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Yeah, that sounds lovely. What did he get the? Um, sorry, did you say OBE? He got the OBE. Yeah. 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 What did he get uh, that for? He got it for his job. He was the chief of the probation service for Merseyside for the, the work of doing that as the probation chief dealing with uh, ex-offenders. And that, again, is something else that leaves me in sort of awe of him, that he did this incredibly difficult job mm-hmm. and did it well. One <laughs> amusing, amusing conversation I had with him only recently as we were talking about, I was talking about somebody looking very tired who was a chief executive as well. And my dad said, uh, what like when I used to come home looking exhausted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't it funny? Because I'm just because obviously, you know, I think that's maybe the first time I've fully known what your dad did. Because my dad was actually a prison officer. And wow. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting, isn't it? Because the two of us have got the, you know, the kind of they're not similar roles, but they're in the similar field, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, so we could just, yeah. Yeah, that is really weird. <laughs> We were meant to podcast together, James. Yes. Quite clearly, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. It's my dad's doing lessons. <laughs> but the other thing that I loved when he retired, mm-hmm. when I went to like his leaving do and things, was meeting his staff. And uh, it was saying sort of like things like uh, the, the amount of time you give up for people is something that really astounded me compared to other people and just tells me a lot about the character of my dad because you know they're saying that like he'd always he'd give up his time to help people he would go to you know he they, they always use this term like the the office door is always open they said it literally always was like that my dad he would always take time for staff he gave up his weekends to help his staff with things so yeah that's something i really admire with my dad he's a decent guy so yeah. He's a pen in the ass because he's very knowledgeable, but he's a decent guy. (laughs) He's just a good all-rounder. It's just yeah. so damn annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, James, you are as well, though. You've been brought up well, very similar, so. Yeah, if, if I was in, half as intelligent as him, I'd be happy. <laughs> you intelligent in your own field, though. You know, like, you, oh. you, your knowledge of films, for example, is insane. Like, you know, trying to keep up with you sometimes when we used to do those recordings. I was like, um, um, um. <laughs> don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, and obviously we'll go back to doing some of those again as well so that we can keep our finger, well, foot, feet, finger, whatever it is in the, in the pie. <laughs> yeah, just body part in the pie. Yeah. Yeah, because like my dad was very respected as well because unfortunately he didn't get to retire and we do like laugh and joke about that in some ways because, you know, that's the way that our family deals with it. You know, he couldn't retire, but he retired from life, you know, yeah. which is a really sick joke, I know. But again, that is how we get through it. When we were going to like the crematorium, there was actually prison officers. They're all in their official uniforms, like mm-hmm. proper, proper decked out uniforms. And they were all stood along the way that the car went. No, Unfortunately, nice. I... Yeah, I didn't really see it because I didn't want to see it. I kind of looked down because I didn't want to get upset. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was just the fact that they did that. And apparently, by all accounts, that the prisoners respected him as well. Yeah. Which you know, it takes a lot for prisoners mm-hmm. to respect a man. So, 
you know, because most of them have been in there for killing someone. So <laughs> we kind of ended that on a positive. But before we sort of finish, unless you've got any other stories that you wanted to say, James, sorry. Um, there was one, but I've now completely okay. forgot what it was. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Oh, but, I'm yeah. sorry. It's all right. It may it may come back. It may not. It's uh... who knows. <laughs> who knows indeed. Well, because I was going to say because we've had a couple of listener submissions. I was just wondering if you fancied reading those out a moment, and then obviously if your story comes back, then we'll yep. do that, and then hopefully it will. Hopefully it will. So I'm going to try and get these right when I'm reading them. Bob Murden Brown sent yep. us this wonderful message, which was he did apologise for the fact they couldn't actually work out how to do the audio thingy. Don't yeah. worry, Bob. I sometimes can't work out to the audio thingy anyway. And I clearly uh, can't either this week's episode, <laughs> so don't worry about it, Bob. <laughs> so Bob wrote, my biological father, in brackets sperm donor, walked yeah. out on us when I was seven-ish. That aside, I wanted to say that my step, and he's made point that he hates this term, though, his stepfather, Alan, has stepped up to the plate and has been there for me without hesitation or reservation. But he's treated me as his own. Something which he is eternally grateful for. And I'm a father and grandfather, and it's not an easy job. But when I get to spend the afternoon video calling with them, it's all worthwhile. They're 250 miles away, so I do miss them a lot. That's a nice message. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, that is lovely. And yeah, he said, because we were back and forth, like talking a little bit as well, because my brother is biologically my half brother. But he isn't my half-brother, he's my whole brother, because I've known no different, you know, and yeah. he knows no different either. And, like, we refer to his dad as a sperm donor, even though mm-hmm. my mum was married to him, you know. But, yeah, so, so like I said to Bob, that, you know, your stepdad is your dad. You don't have to call him your stepdad, he's your dad. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. So, but either way, it's a lovely, lovely message. Now, I have another one, but I'm going to find this hard to read. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, because it came in in multiple tweets. Um, It starts with, let me just pull it up a moment. I think I have found the start. So, Roke, yeah, I think I have found the start. Okay. I think. So, this comes from at Grey Four Crows, which is a brilliant handle, and I love it. Yeah, Yeah, it's a podcast as well. Yep. It says, my dad, most of the stories I could tell I've said before to others because they need to be vocalized at the time for my own sake. Okay. So, as I understand that his dad has been involved in a lot of different enterprises, trying to get them off the ground. But a lot of the realities of what he wanted to do actually were sort of brought together by other people. Now, if I'm getting this in the right order, if I'm, if I'm not, I apologize. But it says, my dad has been to Russia with a data agency, televised. Wow. Been an extra on TV shows and films. It's still on the model, modeling agency books at 76. Holy wow. cow. That's brilliant. He must be a handsome man. But it says, yeah. yeah, he's still a handsome man. <laughs> Through all of these, he has remained a real cowboy. And that's in speech, Max. I like that. That's right. Full kit variety and horses. Uh, I've lost slightly where I'm up to now. But it says, I think it then goes to, he's been involved with Interpol. He's derailed a train. Had a Russian girlfriend, and he's tried to up and running a golf course, a log cabin site, entertainment parks using Welsh history, even a How Green Was My Valley replica in the valley it was written in. And he says there's so much more that's still going on. <laughs> and he's put, I could have been sectioned with all this going on. <laughs> and I'm out at Grave for Crows. Is your father actually a spy? <laughs> I think just... he might be. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think he might be. He sounds it sounds like an amazing life that he's led. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very impressed. Very impressed. That's uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a good one to end the episode on, really, isn't it? <laughs> Unless you've remembered the story. <laughs> I will. I've remember. I have remembered a story. Well, there you go, then. And if I've told it before, I apologise, but tough. This is a really big one and a great one for my dad. So you I'll give you, give you three little things for my dad. So wonderful memories I have of my dad are attending music concerts with him. Yep. I've seen Paul McCartney twice with him, which was a very big thing for me and, a, you know, for, um, a big thing for him because obviously he's a, uh, you know, of his age and being a Beatles fan. And I remember attending like the Matthew Street Festival when they held those in uh, Liverpool and getting to go to something uh, where like Paul McCannish brother was there and seeing the Proclaimers and seeing all these different bands performing and that was great stuff it was fun and then we but I remember the first sort of one of the gigs I went to where I never expected him to say yes to it was when uh, ELO were playing and I saw them oh, wow. up and I sent my dad a text and I expected no like <laughs> I said, do you want to go and see Yellow? Got a response in like two seconds. Yes. I was like, oh, crap, now I've got to book it. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> cost a lot of money, a lot of money for not, they weren't bad seats, but it was just for the seats. I mean, I spent an absolute horrendous amount of money when I saw McCartney with them the second time, but that had a whole package included and stuff. Yeah. But we also went, the first, well, the first ever music, proper music thing I went to with him was to see Brian Ferry when I was like 17 that's yep. a pretty long time ago but we also saw Eric Clapton oh the same gig or in a separate D- different gig okay. so many years later we saw Eric Clapton which was a, a reasonable concert although there was some gobby woman who wouldn't shut up behind us who we had to yeah. quiet down but such is but, did you go shut the fuck up bitch <laughs> no, I, I well I will tell a story that ties to dad and then the proper final part with dad that was interesting this woman was like drunk and yammering throughout the entire thing and I shushed her and told her to be quiet and she then got arsy with me. But then my dad just turned to her and said, this is one of the greatest blues musicians and guitarists of the 20th century. Nobody paid to hear you speak. And I've never <laughs> seen someone shut up so quickly. <laughs> he shut her down in seconds. <laughs> the thing also is- shut it. Sorry, go on. No, yeah, sorry. I was going to say that the thing is that he probably said it quite politely in a way as well. He probably said it, you know, <laughs> the way he said it. But, yeah. you know, if he said it in a polite <clears throat> manner, then mm. yeah, he was probably like dumbstruck that she doesn't know what to say from that. <laughs> I think it's also that look he does. He, has, he does have a look, my dad, when you know that you're not meant to mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have got his, <laughs> his eyes get a, a look and yeah. uh, you know not to not to mess with him. So speaking of Eric Clapton, here's the big one. So probably about ten or eleven years ago, there was a leafing do being held at a hotel in Liverpool, the name of which escapes me. And my dad was outside just taking a breath of fresh air and he could suddenly hear a ukulele being played behind him. Okay. And he turns round and this man goes to shake his hand and goes, oh, sorry, I thought it was Eric Clapton. Because my dad looks serious like Eric Clapton. But the, the thing is, in the music world, the guy who was playing the ukulele and going to shake my dad's hand was a musician called Joe Brown. Oh, who wow. Was friends, who is yeah. friends with Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> and that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That really made my dad's evening, I think. That was a, a great thing when he told me that one. 
Yeah, I can imagine it would be, definitely. So, Chris, what are you doing? He's creaking. We know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you heard creaking doors, Chris is trying so hard to be quiet down there. And bless him, he is being really quiet. But, yes, unfortunately, we have got a creaky bathroom door. So, <laughs> but no, that was a lovely story. So I think we should end the episode there on a yes. nice, happy, happy story. So yes. in that case, then, I think we've been talking enough Father's Day cods this week. <laughs> I've been Gemma. I've been James. And happy Father's Day to all of you out there. <laughs> happy Father's Day, everybody. Yes. Have a good one. Well, not everybody, because let's face it, the women won't be selling yeah. the Father's Day away. <laughs> and the people, the people who aren't fathers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, basically, happy Father's Day to any of you that are actually fathers. <laughs> yes. Have, have a good one.